0: From 99.9 The Fan, this is The Drive with Tim Donnelly. Sponsored by Coach Pete at Capital Financial Advisory Group. Visit us at CapitalFinancialUSA.com. This used to be called a radio show. It's not anymore? It's not anymore. It's a live podcast now. Okay. You're catching catching a recording of us talking about sports in real time that you can catch later in podcast form. It's a live podcast. Real-time audio. Is how it's been described to me. At least that's how the uh, the Silicon Valley <laughs> folks tell me now. Does Duke still lose by twenty four points? Uh, yeah, they okay. did. Okay. All right, so here's 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 where we at. Uh, credit to you. No, no credit to me. No credit to you. Lost yesterday. Yes, during yesterday's show. No, but I did not think NC State was going
1: to win the but game. I your, just said how they could that's win the, the game. Your
0: point what Your point was. And here's where I think there's a little nuance to this. Yesterday, when we were talking about the NC State Duke game. You had brought up other instances in which if NC State was going to win the game, they needed a performance like dot, dot, dot. And there's any number of instances that you can point to. You brought up, uh, what, Laquista McCullough, right? My favorite, yes. Your favorite instance. You know, For me, when I was at NC State, it was 1998 C.C. Harrison game in Chapel Hill. Dennis Smith Jr., the game that never happened at Cameron Indoor Stadium, the dunk that never happened, right? You brought up Al Freeman. There's any number of instances you can point to where a guy was the hero for the day. But I don't think last night was that. I really don't think that's what last night was about. Okay. I thought last night was two things. It was NC State showing you what they can be capable of if everybody's locked in. It wasn't one guy last night. It was really three guys and some complimentary players. Terquavion Smith, who you pointed out yesterday, would have to be the guy who drops 40 points or 35 points. He was part of it. You know who else was part of it? Jarkel Joyner. But you know who also really got things going? Why did I go last night, Joe? The big
1: boy. Why
0: did I go last night? DJ Burns. I wanted to watch DJ Burns versus Ryan Young. Saddle up against Ryan Young. Hell freaking yes. I think Ryan Young is a slept-on contributor at Duke right now, okay? Just like DJ Burns. You look at DJ Burns and you're going, what? But DJ Burns got moves, folks. Moves. And I know that Kevin Keats, head coach at NC State, yesterday was kind of joking about Burns's second half performance, where he he put he put this sh- I forgot who it was I think it was was it Philip Filipowski he put the shimmy on the step back floater it was pretty it was pretty but that was a grind early on I think the first yeah. three minutes there was no scoring whatsoever and Keats did mention in the post game last night that I get worried I'm paraphrasing here but he's like I get worried about my team when the scoring is not happening. Who got things going? Burns DJ off the bench. DJ freaking yeah. Burns off the bench. I know you were yelling at one point all the way up from the fifth floor about, hey, take advantage of the mismatch with DJ Burns and Ryan Young. And they absolutely did, and that's what got the ball rolling. And that's where Terquavion Smith and Jarkel Joyner stepped up. Anytime Duke looked like it was going to try to make a little bit of a you know chip away at the lead, well, what would happen? Those two guys had their own personal runs along the way. So if NC State is going to make anything of this season, And in retrospect, you look at their losses in ACC play. Their losses in ACC play are two teams that are a combined 11-1. and It's been a weird ACC season so far. That's what State's capable of. But here's where we get to part number two about this. Joe, how many NC State-Duke games at PNC are we going to have we seen play out like this and then nothing comes of it?
1: Certainly the next game becomes an issue. Right. Yeah, and it can't be just a one-off, you know? I, I think with Mark Godfrey's teams, they use that big win as a resume builder for an NCAA tournament berth. You know, we've seen Sydney Lowe, maybe even Herb Sendek, win those games, and, mm-hmm. and it doesn't amount to much. So that's what Kevin needs to do. They need to make sure, Kevin Keats needs to make sure that this isn't just a one-off. Yeah, this, yeah you're right. It wasn't fluky in the way that they performed. Their backcourt's outstanding. It, and it Bill, absolutely is. Bill Self said it after the 80-74 Kansas win over NC State mm-hmm. back the day before Thanksgiving down in Atlantis that Jarkel Joiner and Traquavion Smith Are athletic and speedy, and they're a handful. But that's also what Kevin said to them before the game yesterday. Like, we need you to be great. Mm -hmm. And we need you to, you know, what happened at Clemson can't happen. You got to play. You got to, and you got to embrace this moment. You have to embrace this opportunity because it was a Q1 game for NC State. And as I uh, said to Kevin, now you're one and one in must-one games this year. Will it be a Q1 when it's all said and done, though? Well, it's hard. You know, the math. It's hard to knock the early bath out of whack. Yeah. Look, that's certainly, you would hope that's Duke's low point of the year. They were not the aggressor. They were not tough. No. They were were bullied by NC State. Um, Right now, they lack direction. They lack leadership. They lack a cohesion. They lack guys knowing what their roles are. Yeah. Um, They look young. They look lost. So the challenge for John Shire, and it was always going to be a challenge to replace Mike Krzyzewski, but the challenge now is you still have disparate parts, mm-hmm. and you have to figure out how to piece them together. And as a coach, you know, your number one job is to make sure everyone knows their role. Mm-hmm. Jeremy Roach, I thought at the beginning of the year, was the bus driver. Right now, they don't have a bus driver. They don't That's have That's a one. problem.
0: And I'm actually surprised he was able to able to play as much as he did, uh, given the, the bad—well, a lot of people were bad for Duke last night— And I think that's probably the most eye-opening
1: aspect of the game.
0: Again, we've seen State take it to Duke at PNC Arena before. Yes, five of the last seven now. Six of the
1: last nine, if you ask Aaron Beard of the Associated Press. Nice.
0: Not a new phenomenon. But what was surprising to me last night is that State big-boyed them, and they had no response. No response. That was very alarming. And you, me, and Luke of the News & Observer, were kind of joking around about, well, we don't know how John Shire will handle this. We know how Coach K would have handled this. Correct. I, I, You and I could have predicted what Coach K would have said after a game like that, okay? You know, any number of cliches that Mike Krzyzewski's talked about, we can make the jokes about when they got back to Cameron Indoor Stadium, all of their gear would be outside the locker room after a performance like that. But we don't know how Shire's going to handle this, and I think that's more of the more curious parts about the rest of the season. Here's John Shire, head coach at Duke talking about how this can be a great learning experience for the blue devils
1: it's hard to have great perspective right now when you're in the moment and you're you're disappointed to say the least with the loss but you know it's it's a long year and unfortunately and i knew this when i took the job there's going to be some moments like this where you know people can doubt you they can doubt us as a team and um uh, sometimes the, the best way to learn is to experience it and for that, for this group in particular, to experience this game, to experience playing on the road, you wish it was two and zero on the road or four and zero in conference, but that's not how it works. And so for us, it's all about how you learn from it, and how you grow from it, and that's how we're going to approach it.
0: That's John Shire, head coach at North at Duke for uh, on uh, on how what their learning experience is about. All right back to state. What happens going forward? Again. NC State has been in this position before where they take advantage of an opportunity against, a, uh, a at least numbers-wise, a good Duke team. What do you do after that? They've got Virginia Tech on the road this Saturday. That's,
1: Desperate 1-3 in the league, Virginia Tech. Yes. I mean, we both know how this will probably go.
0: We then follow that with a game. After, it's a week. Now they get a week off a week after week that,
1: off. and they get Miami back here. Yes. They owe Miami. Old school feel to this. It's a return game. Mm-hmm hey, man, you know, when I see you back at my place, we'll see how it goes. And it, that's that, to me, is going to be more telling than what happens on Saturday.
0: Jo- followed by Georgia Tech, a game you can't lose, even though Georgia uh, Tech was fast last Josh night. Josh Bassler has had, he's had his number. Kevin Keats' number. And then you have the game against North Carolina in Chapel Hill on January 21st, which, however you feel about North Carolina, uh, you need that win on the road uh, with a good-numbered North Carolina team. So, you know, we talked about opportunities yesterday. That was opportunity number one. They cashed it in. Now, don't blow it. If you're going to make the NCAA tournament, you cannot blow what you just did last night, especially given the limited number of opportunities you have left in the ACC. But it's funny. It looks like Kevin Keats, after you have kind of pestered him on things.
1: I've never been more proud of anything than in my whole life.
0: And this was brought up without any sort of prompting. He just shouted you out last night during the press conference. Here's Kevin Keats, NC State head coach on it, look, the old the old fashioned thinking was if I got to ten and ten in the ACC, I was tournament bound. But that is not true anymore.
1: You look at basketball games now; it's thirty one games, and every team has a quad associated with it. I remember back in the day, and I was one. Um, so Joe um, Joe would say something about it. I always said if you were ten and ten in the ACC, you were getting in. <laughs> it's not like that now. You have to get quad one wins, quad two wins, and We talked about that here's an opportunity on your home floor. You got a quad one team coming in. No matter what the name is, you got to do a good job and you got to win the game, and that's what happened.
0: You feel good?
1: My heart feels good. You perked up. I did.
0: I was standing next to you in the press room. You were like,
1: You know how I feel when someone acknowledges that I was right? I You, you, you feel some
0: type of way. (laughs) I was going to say, go see a doctor after four hours. You feel some type of way after that. The OG, alongside Joe Giglio. I'm Joe Ovias. Dennis Cox is the producer of this program. So we'll 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 get back to some ACC hoops in a little bit. It is a uh, I mean, look, last night it was a doubleheader. Big Four. We'll get to Carolina's win against Wake Forest, where yesterday I kind of was questioning the level of defensive efficiency for the Tar Heels. And we saw it last night against Wake Forest late in the game, where they eventually pulled away for one reason, and that was creating turnovers or taking advantage of turnovers and turning that into transition buckets, which is where Carolina really shines. We saw that with RJ Davis and Armando Baycott late in that game. So we, we, we teased um, there's procedural news with the NFL, and then there's uh, bigger than the NFL news as it relates to DeMar Hamlin. We'll start with the bigger than football news. According to the Buffalo Bills, Hamlin has shown, as they put it, remarkable improvement. They actually had a conference call with the doctors, and it's... Look, not to get too um, saccharine here, but if you need reminders that life is precious, here you go and how mere minutes matter in these situations and the way the Buffalo Bills and the doctors at uh, UC had laid it out, you know, the, the NFL's procedures for as much as we want to bash Roger Goodell, the people on the ground literally saved his life. And it's because of the procedures that are in place and what they practice and what they understand to have ready to go in an event like this. And any longer time, demar hamlin's not with us but um you know he apparently while still on uh, breathing tubes and in critical condition he has his full mental functions and while he wasn't able to talk because of all the breathing tubes he's able to write things and apparently according to the doctors demar hamlin had asked did they win the game and the doctors responded you won he's here so it's incredible. I mean there's really you can use any adjective you want. You can uh, there's no there is no underselling uh, what DeMar Hamlin's uh, status means. Like it's huge. It's 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 just incredible that he's still here given what we saw on Monday night. So that's the that's the most important thing. Now, to the procedural aspect of the NFL and what happens going forward from Monday night's suspension. Uh, I believe the Bengals are up 7 to 3. On the Bills in the first quarter, halfway through the first quarter. According to the Associated Press, that game will not continue. Uh, this seems to be some sort of official announcement that'll happen probably around 4 o'clock. According to Mike Florio at ProFootballTalk.com, to- Pro Gilio, the NFL Players Association is scheduled to have a press briefing at 4 o'clock, at 4 o'clock re- regarding the DeMar Hamlin situation. There's no firm reporting on what the league's going to do with playoff seating but there seems to be an indication at least from Florio while this game won't happen they'll go to win percentage to figure out how to lay things out in the AFC side of the bracket.
1: Yeah, right now, you know, without the extra data point, the Bills are 8 and 2 in the conference, the Bengals are 7 and 3 in the conference, and the Chiefs are 8 and 3 in the conference. Um I suspect if the Chiefs win, they make the Chiefs the number 1 seed and then I believe they'll go they'll do something between the Bills and the Bengals p- perhaps based on the conference record. That's just my best guess at this point. You might say, well, that's not fair to the Bills. Well, the Chiefs have the extra data point and sometimes that goes in your favor. Yeah. We'll get over it. They could go ACC style because those three teams, I believe, all played each other, mm-hmm. other than, you know, the Bengals and Bills game that wasn't played. So. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I I simply come down to a simple you'll get
0: over it. It's okay. You know, it's it's one of those things where um, we've seen plenty of playoff instances where, you know, the supposed home field advantage yeah. and all that stuff really goes out the window if you're not prepared. So, and as I know you've pointed this out, you know, Cincinnati and, and Buffalo could meet in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's entirely possible they, they see each other in the AFC Championship game, which is a much more impactful game for things. So, just something to keep an eye on, and eventually we will get over it. All the other games for Week 18 are going to go on as scheduled. There's another little aspect to this that is so low on the list of priorities, and yet it keeps bubbling up. In fact, <laughs> did you get a release too? I didn't get a release, but we got a text message from our guy, Pat over at WRL, our colleague over WR because we're in a fantasy league, correct. And uh, Pat sent a text to everybody, He was like, all right, you know, he's the commissioner, so he has to lay out like what to do. And I'm sitting here like I didn't text back, but it's like, dude, who cares? You got a release? From what was
1: no, it? No, no, no. It was like the Pro Football Fantasy Football Network or something like that. I'm not even like am- involved in a league that is involved with this. They just randomly sent out a release to everybody.
0: I didn't get that release. <laughs> I guess I guess I I guess I'm not in that world that they're gonna send me no, a send release anything. about fantasy football. No, it's okay. I'm good. I'm good. I'm I'm not I am trying to be as respectful as possible. But any discussions about fantasy football or gambling implications sure. regarding to what happened on Monday night? Well,
1: gambling is easy. You just get a refund. Sure. Fantasy football truly is difficult in the sense that this wasn't the Jaguars versus the Texans where you would basically have like one maybe sure. maybe one or two players at most. Sure. You're talking about the number one player in fantasy football in Josh Allen at quarterback, and then you have... You know, Stephen Diggs, one of the top receivers, Gabe Davis, you have Joe Burrow, Joe Mixon, Jamar Chase. So, and the chances of those players being on one of the better teams in your fantasy league are pretty high. And again, I know that doesn't mean anything to you, but it's almost like one of those, how in the world does this end up happening? Well, it's unusual. It's an unusual situation. I, I can't do this because we're on... WRL Sports Plus, mm-hmm.
0: but I can tell you my general feelings towards this. It's one gigantic handwank. That's that's my general feelings on the fantasy football aspect of this, and this is coming from somebody that actually participated in fantasy not, football this yeah, year. Twenty dollars is not, Joe. Come on. I know. Again, what is it? Uh, what is it? Uh, caveat uh, mTOR, mm-hmm. right? You know, buyer beware. Hey, man, if you're putting money down on random acts of human endeavors, well, it's kind of on you. Fire beware. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. So I'm really not here for, but what about my
1: fantasy? I
0: don't. Stop it. Man almost. Actually, no. He did die. And well, he was resuscitated. Yeah. He was brought back to life. You're, you know, who has to, who who, who it is that's going to be in a Waffle House for 24 hours at some point this summer because they finished last in the Fantasy League is really not something that I'm empathetic
1: towards. See where I'm going with this? Okay. One big hand wink. The biggest of strokes. Things you might be interested in, though.